Good morning. It is the 12th of May. Thank you for listening to The Briefing. This is the show where we get you up to speed every morning with the news that you need to know. And today I'm joined by Annika Smathurst. Annika, could free education be the solution to the corona youth employment crisis? Well, the government keeps saying every old idea is back on the table. So maybe it's going back to the 70s and we're all going to get educated for free again. (laughs) Sounds like a pipe dream, but who knows? We're going to speak to the Education Minister a little later on the show. First, let's find out what else is going on in the world today. Tom, a quick look at some good news to start the day. There were no new cases reported in the ACT, the Northern Territory, South Australia, Western Australia or Tasmania. That was Deputy Chief Medical Officer Michael Kidd. Queensland's also confirmed there were none there, meaning six out of the eight states and territories haven't had a new case in the last day. Yeah, it's really good news. We're now in single digits nationally. Just eight people diagnosed in the last day. One in New South Wales, seven in Victoria, which is easing restrictions at midnight tonight. From tomorrow, people can have five guests over or meet in groups of 10 outside their home. But look, Premier Daniel Andrews is urging people not to go too crazy just because they're lifting some restrictions. That doesn't mean, and it is not an invitation, to be having a dinner party at every house every night. Meanwhile, in New South Wales, uh, the health department's been forced to put out a statement reassuring us that COVID-19 can't be spread by 5G. And that was one of the conspiracy theories on display at the weekend's anti-lockdown protests in Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, that one doesn't seem to be going away just yet, Annika. I don't know if it's just rational people that see this as bizarre, but look, it does seem to be getting an amazing amount of coverage online, on Facebook, on social media, but I just think it's bonkers. <laughs> And as we try and work out how to avoid a second wave here in Australia, the Chinese city of Wuhan, where the virus began, has reported its first cluster since the lockdown was lifted there. Yeah, they went a month without any new infections, but in the last two days, they've been six, and they're all from the same residential compound, which is made up mostly of older people. In Beijing, new temperature monitoring bracelets kind of like Fitbits, are being trialled on students as they return to the classroom for the first time in months. Yeah, if the students get hotter than 37.2 degrees, the teacher gets an alert telling them to call the police. Yeah, wow. It's it's interesting technology. Um, the data that's being collected now with this introduction of technology, real-time monitoring, contact tracing, it's, it's a massive shift for society, isn't it? Absolutely. At the start of this, I spoke to somebody about how during times of war, we actually have huge advances in technology and it seems that the same thing's going to happen here. Yeah, obviously in China, they're a bit more used to this kind of stuff. But if this level of technology monitoring and tracing was happening here, I think people would get quite a shock. But maybe in this time, they'd just deal with it. Our two biggest sporting codes have come down hard after players and staff were caught breaking the rules. Yeah, in the NRL, Panther star Nathan Cleary, now famous for his Anzac Day TikTok videos with a group of girls in his home, has been hit with a two-day game ban and a $30,000 fine. Uh, The NRL's integrity unit says he was untruthful about how long they stayed there. Yeah, and his teammate, Tyrone May, lives with him. He's also been suspended for two games and they haven't said whether they'll appeal it yet. And in the AFL, an Adelaide Crows assistant coach has been stood down for six weeks while 16 players have been banned for a game after the Crows were caught training in groups of eight in the Barossa Valley last week. Look, they'd been ordered to train in pairs while they were quarantined after returning from interstate. 
AFL great Jonathan Brown has told Fox Footy the punishment fits the crime. Surely the Adelaide Crows wouldn't be so stupid to try and send 16 players away and get away with training sessions in full view of players playing golf on an adjacent golf course who can actually see them. Yeah, they, they do seem um, like fairly strong punishments, but I guess sports people are really important role models in society, particularly at a time where we're trying to get people to lock down. And I guess there's a little bit of organisation and pre-planning that went into these things. You know, it wasn't a sort of random event that organised or they didn't run into these people. They There does seem to be a level of planning against the rules. The funny thing about it is they wouldn't have had to wait that long and the, the rules were lifted so people could train in bigger groups anyway. You might have seen um, influencers on Instagram telling you that if you tag a friend, you could win cash or prizes. Uh, it turns out that could be illegal. Yeah, New South Wales Fair Trading says giveaways with a random winner are essentially a lottery, meaning you need a licence or a permit in whatever state you're in. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I, I personally hope they don't crack down. I think influencers have had a, a tough enough time as it is in COVID-19. So to throw the book at them for trying to give away some free stuff will be a bit harsh. Seems like perhaps they're going after the wrong people in a crisis, but we've seen before, you know, not being fair with who their sponsors are and having to change the rules around that. So I guess if you're making money out of this, this is a legitimate business. All right, let's talk education. It's time to brief you on free education as a potential solution to the corona economic crisis, which we know is putting thousands of young people out of work. So the idea is make it easier to study during this time so you reskill instead of sitting at home not knowing what to do. And we're about to put that idea to the education minister himself. Uh, the first interview with a cabinet minister on the show, which is exciting. Yeah, and this topic, Tom, stems from a conversation we had last week with leading mental health expert Ian Hickey. Yeah. He suggested that luring young people into uni or TAFE courses could help deal with mass youth unemployment and also those potential mental health challenges we're going to face coming out of this. No use saying, well, go and get a job when there aren't jobs in hospitality, retail, tourism, casual work, the usual things yeah. that employ young people. Actually, and I'd really strongly say there's a need for federal government support for movements into higher education, vocational education training, that young people develop skills during this period, that they use the time to increase the chance and in industries in which there are likely to be jobs. Yeah, that idea makes a lot of sense. Now, free education is a way of luring people into study is an idea the Greens have been calling for for years. Adam Ban is the leader of the Greens. Adam, thanks for joining us on The Briefing. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. The Greens have been calling for free union TAFE courses for many years, but do you believe that idea has even more merit now that we're in the corona employment crisis? I do. It's the right thing to do because everyone should be able to go to university or TAFE without having to worry about what kind of debt they'll be saddled with when they leave or whether they'll be able to afford any of the fees along the way. We used to have it in this country and we're going to need it again. Um, it's going to be particularly important because of the coronavirus crisis, which is hitting young people really hard. Before coronavirus hit, nearly one in three young people either didn't have a job or didn't have enough hours of work. Um, and that, I think, is a national crisis. And it's only going to get worse with pe young people being in the industries that are the hardest hit by the shutdown. And also the government's JobKeeper package the, of the 1.1 million casuals that it excluded, half of those are young people. Um, so young people are going to bear the burden of this crisis. They're going to have a lot of debt to um, deal with for a very long time. They're going to find it harder to get uh, back into work if, the, if past recessions are anything to go by. And in the meantime, 
And what we should be doing is saying to everyone, uh, there's a guaranteed free place for you at university or TAFE if you want it, as we all start to recover and as you start to recover and get on your feet as well. Now, Adam, a lot of us have heard about the golden era of free education from our parents, but the flip side of that, and to play devil's advocate, is that the argument people say is, well, if I'm a tradie or I haven't gone to university, why should the money I pay in tax prop up people who want to have a free course? How fair do you think that is? Who should pay for free education? We don't say about our public health system, oh, well, hang on, some people might get more sick than other people and aren't they freeloading? We say it should be available for everyone because that's part of living in a society. We look out for each other and you make certain services like school available for free. And just as um, we say about sending our kids to school, everyone should have the right to send your kids to a public school no matter where you come from or what your income. And we should say the same about university as well. That was Greens leader Adam Bant there. But is the federal government willing to cover all the costs of studying at university? Last month, they did take a step in that direction by offering discounts of up to 75% on some courses in areas identified as a national priority for Australia. Yeah, they are offered for short courses, six months. Let's find out more about that and whether they'll go further. Joining us is the Education Minister, Dan Tian. Dan Tian, thanks for joining us on The Briefing. A pleasure to be with you. Um, we've heard Ian Hickey, one of Australia's most respected mental health experts, saying that reskilling and retraining young people could be the solution to the coronavirus youth unemployment crisis. Uh, the Greens leader, Adam Bant, just said it's time to make union TAFE free. And I think the idea will have some merit for some people because we've got a big spike in youth unemployment and a big hit to university budgets with foreign student numbers going down. Now, you've already announced discounts for some short courses. So it sounds like you agree with them to some extent. Why not go further and make TAFE and uni free at this time? Well, we've always thought that it's um, very beneficial that students themselves make a contribution as well as the government supporting uh, someone's education. That way we know that, that students value what they're doing, understand that what they're doing comes with a cost and means that we're not offering courses and a lot of courses where people might do it just for the sake of it rather than making sure that they're doing it for, for the right reasons in terms of their long-term future. So obviously we do want to make sure that it's affordable and that's why once the pandemic hit, we moved very quickly to put in place these short courses. We now have 146 short courses from 20 universities on offer, remembering that these are at a discount rate, and including, um, I'm sure Ian Hickey will be very pleased to see uh, in mental health and in other public health areas. So we can already begin to, to reskill all those who have had their lives turned upside down by this pandemic. How do people do these courses? What's on offer? How much can you expect to pay? And what skills can you have on the other side? Uh, so what, what we did is we cut the price for courses for six months for what we call micro-credentials or, or short courses, both at the diploma level uh, and at the, the graduate level. And so what you can do is begin, for instance, teaching at $1,250, nursing $1,250, psychology $1,250, English $1,250, mathematics $1,250, foreign languages $1,250, agriculture $1,250, and then for other courses, allied health, information technology, architecture and building, science, engineering, 
uh, medical science and environmental studies, it's $2,500. So would you consider expanding this program to entire degrees? Look, we, we said it would last um, for the first six months, Tom, and uh, we'll then review and look at its success. We want to ensure that these micro-credentialings continues. Uh, it's going to become part of what's called the Australian Qualification Framework, how we set up qualifications and regulate qualifications in this nation. Uh, we want to make sure we also link it into vocational education. So not only are we doing these short courses when it comes to higher education, but we can begin to implement how we would do it in the vocational education space. So there, there's still a lot for us to work through, but it's been an incredibly good start. And if we can continue down this path, I can't see a reason why we shouldn't look and say, okay, well, is it worth us providing value for money when it comes to these types of courses, which are very much in national priority areas? So just to clarify, you are open to extending these discounts to uh, entire courses um, if they're in the national interest? Well, what I've said is we'd be happy to, to review it. And then if it has proven to be beneficial, and, and we do see that it is getting people focused in the areas that we, we need them focused in, knowing that all these areas are where we have skill shortages, then that's something that we'd be happy to review and to look at. Another issue that's been around, Dan, is, of course, the reduction in the number of international students. And we know that universities are struggling to fill that gap. Is there an option for the government to expand the number of supported spots for Aussie students next year so that we can get more Australians into university? Our focus has been um, on making sure that we do have the right policies in place to reskill Australians and, and domestic students continue to be my number one focus. And we know that if unemployment, the forecast for unemployment become a reality, sadly, and we do see a doubling in the unemployment rate, that many people are going to look to education as a way to, to retrain to find a future career path. So this is something that we'll continue to monitor and continue to work with the universities on. Have you offered any additional support for students struggling to survive financially during this time? Students who were working are eligible for um, JobKeeper uh, and for those, of course, who might have only been in casual positions and might not have been in one of those casual positions for 12 months, uh, we've seen a, a doubling of job seeker. So both those were designed to help all those people who were working, uh, who lost their lost their jobs and have lost their their ability to be able to financially support themselves. Government moved very quickly with those two initiatives to make sure that, that all Australians who were working uh, have the ability to be able to support themselves through this pandemic if they lost that work. So does that include an increase in Oz study or just Job seeker and job keeper. No, that's job seeker and job keeper were the were the two uh, policies. We obviously wanted to be able to move very quickly and and move in a way we were able to bring broadly the whole of the of the economy uh, alongside what we were doing in a way that that wasn't complicated and a way that really focused on those those workers uh, who found themselves either facing 
unemployment or facing severely reduced hours. Now, you spoke a little bit about areas of national priority. If I'm a young Australian and I'm looking to study, what sort of areas do you think uh, students should take up degrees? What's the economy going to look like on the other side and where are we going to have the jobs? It's a very good question. And um, as far as uh, the government goes, all, all our modelling shows that if for, to start with, if a student looked at where uh, we put the focus with our short courses, uh, that would be a very good place to start. So teaching, nursing, psychology, that, that's the area that we really want people to focus in. All, allied health, uh, information technology, architecture and building, all these areas we think there's going to be strong job demand as we come out of this, this pandemic. And those short courses are very much focused in the areas that we need skills in this nation. Dan Tan, thanks so much for speaking to us on The Briefing. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Annika. So that was the Education Minister, Dan Tan, the first federal government minister we've had on the show, Annika. Very exciting. Yeah, and he had some interesting stuff to say. He didn't rule out extending some of those discounted courses, which will be good news for our listeners. Yeah, we couldn't quite get him to agree to free uni or TAFE, but extending those discounts is is a very exciting proposition potentially for a lot of young people weighing up what to study in the future. Tomorrow on The Briefing, we'll ask, could cheaper beer and long lunches help save the hospitality industry? We're going to speak to celebrity chef Colin Fasnage on the show. Look forward to speaking to you then. Subscribe to us on the Podcast One Australia app or search The Briefing Podcast wherever you normally get your podcasts and stay in touch with us on Instagram at The Briefing Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you on tomorrow's podcast. A Podcast One production.